E.T. is back, and he is here to save Christmas. Everyone's favorite extraterrestrial and a whole slew of nostalgic characters and toys are being dusted off to help us forget toxic fandom and remember what it is that made us fall in love with all these brands in the first place. This week on The Con Guy. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's The Con Guy, Comic-Con prep. Happy Cyber Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Con Guy Comic-Con Prep Show, your home for news and insider opinions from the world of Comic-Cons, fandoms, and pop culture. My name is Jim. I'm your managing editor here. And who else do we have with us this week? Uh, Katie Kawamoto here again, sitting in this seat this week again. So. Oh, musical chairs. Yeah. Hi, Derek Sam's contributor to theconguy.com. Thank you, studio audience. <laughs> Danae Sams. That's my brother, and that's the reason I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> no, plus you're a giant fan. I'm a huge fan of everything. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. So we also, may be seeing more of Danae. And yes, and that you're also be... a writer who has just has two books that you I just showed do. me that you published. But anyways, who else do we have on the couch today? I am Cheeseman on the couch here with Hey, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you with uh, Conguy.com. And I got my good friend Patrick here. Who we've, I think, mentioned on the show. We've had some other musicians from his band on talking Star Wars before, Vito. And we now have Patrick, actor, mm-hmm. musician, yes. here with us. So. Patty, wait, wait. We had a party for Patty this past week. What was it for? Patrick Joseph Rieger, recent guest star, reoccurring on Days of Our Lives. Yeah! yeah that was awesome. Hey, Patrick, what was your character's name? His name was Ray. He was a very sketchy guy. Yeah. <laughs> you can't trust Ray. No, no, no. Tell us just a little bit about it. Well, you know, I have a lot of experience kidnapping babies <laughs> and drinking whiskey in seedy hmm. motel rooms. And that's exactly what the character yeah. called for. So basically, you were doing The Mandalorian. Yeah. Pretty right? much. Oh, yeah. okay. They're like, we had wardrobe for you, but can you just wear your own clothes and I just pretty act much the same did. way? <laughs> did not get a bump for my own wardrobe. Oh, oh. NBC. All right. Mm. I hope everybody had a fantastic Thanksgiving. We are here at the end of Thanksgiving weekend. This is, like I said, Cyber Monday, which is traditionally one of the biggest mm-hmm. online selling days of the year. It's one yeah. of the least productive days in the office of the year, from what I understand, <laughs> which is true for me. Um, but... I had the opportunity to go over to the Samses. Is that the, a plural of Sam's? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. The Samses abode mm-hmm. for a Thanksgiving dinner, and I found out that you guys are like book writing siblings here. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've published more than you have. Oh, it's, and they're competitive. <laughs> Sorry. I love. It. I mean, I've had I've had work produced. That's and, also know. true. Yeah. Duke it out, duke it out. Since this is toxic fandom night, hey, no, no. For, no today, today is self-published, right? But yeah. um, you, you've got two books out there that are available on Amazon. On Amazon, I've got yes. September Christmas, which mm-hmm. is about lifelong best friends growing up when you don't want to, and the Coffee Bible, which is love poetry about coffee. Mm-hmm. And this past week, I just finished a book about Persephone and Hades that's coming in spring of 2020. About what? Persephone and Hades from Greek mythology. Yeah. Which your name is from Greek mythology? It is. Yes. What's it mean? I don't know what it means. Did they, um, but she was the mother of Perseus. Yeah, who slew Medusa. Yeah. So oh, really? we're all mm-hmm. in the constellations. It's one big, beautiful, nerdy kingdom. I love it. Yeah. I Thank love it. you. Love it. So we actually have a very special edition of our three-minute rundown this week. Um, our three-minute rundown is, let me see. Yep. It's all about nostalgia. Guys, this week we are talking about nostalgia. One of the things that we talk about a lot on the show here is how we despise toxic fandom. And don't get me wrong, mm. all of us, I think, at one time have probably had our foot 
are a little bit in there. Like we, we defend what we love, we we despise what we don't love. But toxic fandom is something that we talk about quite often here on the show. Mm-hmm. And something happened this last Thanksgiving, which just really that ET commercial that came on, which we're gonna show show a little bit later. It on the made show. you really angry. Is that what you're it saying? It made me angry. Just made me hate ET. No, <laughs> no, no. But really, it just He'll struck never a chord. Reese's Pieces again. That and I had a life changing experience watching. Um, the doctor, doctor, the Mister Rogers movie this week. It just, it just moved me. It moved me. It was just a special experience for me. In it's a Milan. grown man tears. A grown man in tears. Me and the entire rest of the theater. Though. Single man tears. I don't know. There is. Anyways, so that's what we're going to talk about this week. But to start off the night tonight, we are going to go through three minutes of nostalgic oh, yeah. themed news, and this is all news from this week. So, by the way. We have one more member of the crew who keeps things running all night. This is Ryan Nielsen, who was in the booth engineering. Ryan, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm excited for these three minutes of news. Derek. I'm excited, too. Hello. I'm going to count you in, man. Okay. And then we're going to be really particular on these three minutes. Yes, we are. Okay. And there is a prize if yeah. uh, you complete it within three. Should be and easy. a punishment if you do not. Oh, I, I hope you handle it. All right, <laughs> here we go. I'll count you in in three, two, one. First up, Star Wars news. We already know that Emperor Palpatine will somehow factor into the story, and now it looks like some other iconic characters from the original trilogy are popping up in Episode Nine as well, namely Ewoks. <laughs> the Ewoks made their, their debut in Return of the Jedi and haven't been seen on the big screen since, but that might change with the rise of Skywalker. A new video promoted the Star Wars franchise's legacy ahead of Episode Nine, which featured a shot of actor Warwick Davis back in an Ewok costume. A gray Ewok costume. Interesting. Gray hair. Hmm. With a little more than three weeks to go until Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker hits theaters to close a nine-film saga, the film's box office projections have landed. According to The Hollywood Reporter, The Rise of Skywalker is expected to hit somewhere in the $175 to $200 million range when it lands at the box office the weekend before Christmas. Star Wars The Force Awakens arrived 10 days before Christmas in 2015 and went on to set a box office record with a whopping $248 million opening weekend. Star Wars The Last Jedi came along in a nearly identical window two years later and snagged $220 million in its opening weekend. Toys R Us officially returned last week with a brick-and-mortar location in Paramus, New Jersey. Makes me so happy! Yeah. After the iconic toy company announced it was going out of business last winter, the iconic Toys R Us mascot, Jeffrey the Giraffe, was present for the ribbon-cutting ceremony. The brand had previously filed for bankruptcy in 2017. Another physical store opened at a mall in Houston, Texas this past Sunday. In addition to being a purveyor of toys like it was before, the retailer has smartly transformed into a sort of play park for young people. Moreover, it offers customers the chance to virtually purchase items that aren't physically in stock. So it's like an online store, but in person. Yeah. How great is that? Wow. Show up into our store so you can shop online. Yeah. (laughs) Fans of Mystery Science Theater 3000 are not going to be very pleased as Netflix has decided to shut down the revival of the beloved cult classic after two seasons. The show will be be shopped around to other services. Dun, 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 dun. He made it. Wow. He made it. He made it. And your prize is that I'm going to wear these glasses (laughs) for the remainder of the show. Yes. Uh, Yes. Just whenever. Yeah. So there it is. They're very reflective. If you had had me choose a prize, I probably could not have dreamed of anything so glorious. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. I love those. I love those a Are any of you guys, have you been watching Mystery Science Theater 3000? I was going to ask you about that. The revival Derek, on Netflix. Might I remind you, 2000 was in the Twin Cities, Minnesota. Two fellas in a small studio, and I miss it very much. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that where they were broadcast really? from? Minnesota. Oh, wow. wow. By the way, Patrick, you were from? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yes. 
<laughs> that's why I had heard of that place before because you've mentioned it. It takes a weird, okay. obscure Midwestern uh-huh. town to <laughs> yeah, produce yeah. that kind of uh-huh. weird movie. But it, it has Don't been really you good. Know. Like, okay. Jonah Ray and mm-hmm. Felicia Day, of course, and um, it's it, it's clever. So many, so often reboots, sometimes it's a little like, uh, is it really going to be any good or not? And it is. I think it, it stayed true to the spirit of the original. It, um, which of course, even the original was it had went through a lot of changes over time. Anyway, yeah. they had some really great, ridiculously bad films that they um, that Skewered. they skewered. Yeah, yeah, and it. It's been very funny. So I'm, I am kind of sad to see it go, but at the same time, this happens a lot with Netflix shows. They get two seasons, maybe three. And yeah, Netflix doesn't go very long with very they much. Don't. They often don't, yeah. Hopefully somebody else mm-hmm. might take a hold of it, though, because, I mean, they nailed the remake, I think. It was really yes. good. It seems like it would be a perfect fit, again, for Sci-Fi Channel. I wish Sci-Fi would take it. And you know what? NBC mm-hmm. has a new streaming service called Peacock, which is coming out, which I think is going to include right. all of their cable channels, of which mm-hmm. Sci-Fi is one. So... That would be a perfect home for it on the Peacock mm-hmm. streaming service. So, fingers are crossed. I, I, Jonah Ray is so funny, and Felicia Day, you know, yeah. if she wasn't already married, I'd ask her right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> is she married? You know, know what? Yeah. Can I we get her on the line? Can we, yeah. can we call her up and ask? <laughs> <laughs> no. But anyways, by the way, the, the projections for star, uh, the final Star mm-hmm. Wars film, it's interesting to note that um, Force Awakens, its early projections, its tracking numbers were for 175 to 200. Hmm. The Last Jedi, its tracking numbers for were for 175 to 200. In this final film, it's again 175 to 200. That's so, a lot of tacos. But all of them, the first yeah. two films have so far really gone over the projection. Mm-hmm. Like the second one, by not as much as the, the first mm-hmm. one, got 249, which was a record, like you said at the time. Yeah. So it, I think this one might go over. And we're going to talk about toxic fandom in just a second, mm-hmm. but I think this last one, hopefully it is not, but it, it might be a victim of the previous film. Stirring up, last year I stirring up a lot of that toxic fandom and, yes. and, and irritation. Yeah. So that can make or break the movie. Like if it gets really it good reviews, then it can redeem, and all these people want to see it again mm-hmm. and again, or tell their friends Which, to go see it because a lot of people have lost hope. Yeah, yeah, and and, and what was toxic they need a new hope? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, saying? they need yeah. a new but, hope. In Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. but Mandalorian is helping it a little bit. Mandalorian that's is helping it a little. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd that's say, yeah. perfectly timed. This Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see seventy year old baby Yoda. Yeah. Well, the, okay, the last Jedi. Have one tooth. A lot of us did have problems <laughs> 90, with it, maybe. Um, yeah, and it's, but of course, that might drive some people away. But really, I think Star Wars fans, even people who are furious about the last Jedi, they're probably it's not probably going to keep that many people away from yeah. seeing this one. Because no. um, like I have not forgiven Ryan Johnson yet for that, and I'm still going to see it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I did see Knives Out last yes, week. What did you think yes. about that? I really enjoyed it. You know, I um, I saw it kind of. Yeah. I, I, I just I think left through. I know, like, I know. <laughs> it was some good writing, and I think yeah. that's the sort of film Ryan Johnson should be making. I would mm-hmm. like to see it. I would rather he just stay away from sci-fi because I didn't like Looper either. Oh, and I like Looper. Really? See, I know that's controversial. I have I have lots of reasons. I've told you my reasons for not liking. No, Looper. I agree with that. No, I have you're, so many. Your compla- um, One of your biggest complaints is that yeah. he mixed to. Um, supernatural things. Yeah, make time it a movie travel. about time travel or make it a movie about telekinetic superpowers. Right. But you try and put those two together and it's like, why? This is completely unnecessary. You're, you're trying to tell two different stories and weave them together and it doesn't make any sense. But <sighs> what, what's interesting is Patrick, Patrick Joseph Rieger, because mm-hmm. you and I were talking before the show tonight and you you were reading up some on toxic fandom today and you came across the, the article that talked about how Kelly Marie Tran was chased out of fandom. And that... Uh, and, yeah. Or chased out off of social media because yes. all the people that love Star Wars, for mm-hmm. some reason, a lot of them, not all of them, uh, there was a group that 
targeted her. And you were you had some thoughts about that. You were saying how awful that was. She didn't write the script. No, and, nope. and we were talking about that. And what, what were what were your thoughts? I did have some thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just because an actor is cast mm-hmm. in a role yeah. that's not popular mm-hmm. doesn't mean that uh, you know a cult can get together in an internet echo chamber yep. and terror apart. That's I agree. just no. not un-American. It's yeah. not kind. Not to mention they're all doing it like behind an icon or behind an avatar. It's yeah. not what was you? Who was talking? What were Facebook you talking? and Instagram are talking about a revolutionary concept applied to the software called pseudonymity. Yeah. We're moving past this era of I can say whatever I want in hiding. And you have to prove your identity. You have to show who you are. No more of this, wow. like... Hmm. I think know. it's revolutionary. Leia 45 can say whatever she wants. You know, I, I think it's... A, How many of us in this room or out there in the con guy world have not wanted to just say, you know what, give me your goddamn address. <laughs> who the hell are you? That's some sick stuff right there. But I have my friend Greg, who um, has been in in here before. Greg was on the show one time, and he says there there are studies that show... Like you know, people say, "Well, isn't social media? Doesn't it just like it, it's? It doesn't create animosity. It just like makes it loud. Makes it gives people an, a, a way to to say their harsh feelings." That's not true, because studies have shown that if you can look at somebody in the eye, if you're having a real conversation with them, mm-hmm. you will not be as mean as you are when you're anonymous and online and saying things. Oh. I mean, it's kind of like a oh really the hiding behind your keyboard that's exactly what yep. it is therapy online is not real therapy it's creating and breeding antisocial behavior mm-hmm. you know what I think you've got a good reality show idea bring the people together with the actual actor and have them really tell them what, see if they chicken out that. or they actually say what they said on Twitter on this show we say Kelly Marie Tran we can't wait to see you back I agree I did not like her character's storyline in Last Jedi and I'm with yeah. Derek I the Last Jedi was perhaps my least favorite of all the Star Wars films, but it's so ridiculous to be one of these people that hates, jumps on the bandwagon to hate, yeah. hate, hate, and say I'm not going to see it anymore. No, I love Star Wars. I'm going to see the next film. I'm going to. I'm seeing it on December's seventeenth. Seventeenth early sh- early screening. Yeah, <laughs> I was so mm-hmm. excited. Do fans know that she appreciated the job? Uh, the f- truth. <laughs> I I don't also- think that they think that through honestly. Yeah. Plus, I think a lot of people, th- those negative people, I think, I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that that's smaller than what we give credence to. I think it is. I think you have, yeah. a, but a few people become very loud, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's yeah. all you can hear. It's just because you're shouting the loudest doesn't yeah. mean you're the minority. You could majority. be in a, you could be at a really great theater performance, in a, and mm-hmm. the whole audience could have their attention just, just be totally wrapped in the performance and dead silent, and then one person stands up and heckles from the back, and that's what the actor will remember. Um, it doesn't mean that that's a truth that that's any kind of reflection on their performance it just means that person's an a-hole but still that's what's going to stand out and it's horrible but that's just human nature and the topic for our show tonight is how some brands Mm -hmm. and some movies and some things are coming back and they're kind of trying to push back Mm -hmm. they're transcending this toxic fandom because they're all about things that existed before social media. Patrick, mm-hmm. real quick, you are the leader of a band. What is your band? Whiskey Sunday, Yay. the hardest working Irish Americana band in Los Angeles County. Am I right? I think you are right. I true. never mm-hmm. miss a show. Derek is a and up fan. the latest. That's right. You were also you were also part of Derek's wedding. Yeah, <laughs> I played the music at Derek's wedding. That's right. <laughs> that was great. We just got married. 
<laughs> Derek and Lara. Yeah. We just got married about three years ago. I say it every uh, yeah. time they enter a gig. It's I say great. they're newlyweds. <laughs> yeah. But let me ask you real quick, because we're talking about nostalgia tonight. We're about to go into it here in a second. But your your writing comes from a very deep nostalgic place. Can you talk about that? I do, I will talk about it, and I look forward to talking about it right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, many of my lyrics and storytelling come from a deep longing for home, uh, mm-hmm. uh, much like most of the population in Los Angeles, I moved here 2,000 miles 12 years ago from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And homesickness, as my grandma would say, is a sickness. Mm-hmm. It lives with you your whole life. And no offense to Los Angeles, but for expatriates from the Midwest or the East Coast or the South or any part of America, that stays with you while you try to make a life for yourself in Los Angeles, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love the city of Los Angeles. But I'm sorry, a lot of my inspiration comes from the pain of homesickness, Mm -hmm. uh, which goes hand in hand with nostalgia. And sometimes I live too much in nostalgia. Sometimes I live in a happy, happy amount of nostalgia. And we'll talk about that in just one second. But you have two songs in particular that come to mind that just are so much about nostalgia. One of them is one of your most recent songs, The Places We're Born. What was the inspiration for that song? The Places We're Born. Uh, I keep thinking about my grandma's front porch. You know, and how we'd congregate or show up in the middle of the night. Uh, my cousins, we worshipped our grandparents. We come from a long line of revering grandparents, uh, no matter how much pain they sort of passed on to us in a family cyclical way. Uh, but we were taught to revere and love older generations. Mm-hmm. It's definitely genetic. So the places we're born is about anyone out there who can't stand the thought of home and is also obsessed with it and loves it and cannot tear themselves away. Yeah. And you have another song uh, that's all about nostalgia. Um, it's uh, the memories for... The- no more memory for the rest. Yeah. Sometimes people, uh, as a coping mechanism, decide to survive through only remembering the good things. I think it's important to feel as a way to heal, mm-hmm. but I also think it's important to keep a scrapbook and keep it there with a little bit of dust on it in a closet. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes scrapbooks should remain scrapbooks and you get them out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Patrick, where can people find your music? iTunes, Amazon, Whiskey Sunday. The album is Holy Water. I appreciate that. Jim. And they can follow you on Instagram too. Whiskey Sunday Band. Heard of it. Yeah? Heard of <laughs> it. Isn't that where we find you? Heard of it. Heard of it. Heard my, of it. My, buddy, <laughs> yeah. my buddy Liam Lewis runs yeah. the Instagram. Liam Lewis, <laughs> who is a great guy. Also, tonight we will be posting a link to a great video, which Cheeseman, over here on the couch, was the director of, a song called American Spirit. Which you helped produce, I helped and produce. his wife helped hey, produce. Yes, my wife Lara produced. Yep. Yep. And so, and also filmed and cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Start video. This guy. We're going to put it on the website tonight so everybody can check that out with a link so where you guys can find the music. So It's a fantastic mm-hmm. video. And, and we, you know what? Yeah. You're nothing without your friends and family. <laughs> Jim and Luke, Derek, <laughs> Lara, you guys produced a hell of a piece of art. Yes. Well, we love you, Patty. And I just thank you for coming on the show tonight. And the last thing, I one of the reasons I, I was so excited about Patrick coming on the show tonight, mm-hmm. he is the least the least familiar with toxic fandom because show your phone, Patrick. That's one of them. It's a flip phone. <laughs> I got a guy. I got this a guy. Is old. This is a 6S iPhone. <laughs> this is ancient, but look at that thing. And so when we were talking about toxic wow, fandom, God. Patrick was reading about it and he was just like appalled. He goes, this, like we were talking about like how terrible it was, but mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it a little bit more in just a second. But first, let's talk about something super positive. We have some events that are coming up. 
um, that are taking us up to the end of the year. And happy 2020. We have one, the very first one of the new year is on this night. So, Katie, can you take us through that? Yeah, so December 6th through 8th. That's this weekend, I believe, right? Yeah, I yep. don't even know what day it is. All right. Uh, is Steel, Steel City Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Uh, also, there's two one-day cons on December 7th. One is Ash in, is Asheville Comic Con in Asheville, North Carolina, and Roanoke Valley Comic Con, Roanoke, Virginia, at the Tanglewood Mall. That's <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And then December 29th, right before the new year, is Philadelphia Comic Con. What in up? Essington, Pennsylvania. Oh, <laughs> what, yeah. what? He's got Ryan's and got. And Ryan's got some. Has it up on the screen? Been a few times. Been yeah. a few times. Oh, that's Those Ryan's, sunglasses. That's Ryan's yeah. hometown. Mm-hmm. Been twice. It's his neighborhood. Yeah. And then. Uh, the first convention of 2020 is January 4th and 5th, uh, Cosmic Comic Con in St. Charles, Illinois. Right outside Chicago. And then January 17th through 19th, 19th Albuquerque Comic Con in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Dude. I'm going Go to try t- to look up kind of a little bit of information on each of these and tweet it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to try. Oh, thank you. And Katie's so, so great can, on social media. can kind of get like a little mm-hmm. gist or at least where to find information about it. So I'll try. Not everybody has a lot of information readily available, but I'll try to do some digging for you and guys. Just so you know, these cons right now that we're talking about, Philadelphia, the Steel City one, is probably the biggest one. The, ro- the rest of them are kind of very small regional cons, which makes them really important for people to go yeah. to. You know, And those are fun to go to. Yeah, like I the one we those. went to in Las Vegas. On your... On my bachelor weekend, yes. yeah, it was it was a little one, and it was it was great because yeah. you could just walk around, you could actually get to know people, you can you could go to tables and buy comic books, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's also good for people who have not been to a, com- a mm-hmm. convention before. It's a good way to like kind of dip your feet in the water and kind of get the vibe of what it is. You know, you can visit all the different components. Some of them are focused on gaming, some are focused on anime, some are focused on music. Like, there's all sorts of conventions. So mm-hmm. I recommend going for a day to one of these smaller ones just to see what it's like uh, because going to a huge one like a comic-con can be very overwhelming if it's your very first time ever going to a convention right. so and there's a giant convention a giant comic-con happening in, in a couple weeks down in south america it's become the second most important they say comic-con wow. convention hmm. really? just behind san diego comic-con feige is going to be there presenting wow. Wow. some new stuff from marvel he's going to be debuting like the most footage yet from black widow which is pretty exciting um i'm talking to um one of the actors from Black Widow this week, Pew. So I'm so excited oh, about Pew. that. Yes, I'm excited. I'm so excited about that. She's great. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk. We, we're talking all about Black Widow. So um, she's having nice. a year. Yes, yeah. isn't she's she? She's in everything this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrific too. I love the glasses so <laughs> Those much. Those glasses look great, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So guys, we're going to talk about um, how ET and the rest of nostalgia is saving Christmas this mm-hmm. year. But first, I'm going to give you a little bit. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but this is what we are trying to fight against. An article in Vanity Fair that says, well, Vanity Fair is quoting the Hollywood Reporter. So according to the Hollywood Reporter, the two showrunners of Game of Thrones, Benioff and Weiss, their, they, their Star Wars exit, because they have left the yes. Star Wars universe, had been in the works since August. But The Hollywood Reporter has c- affirmed that the reason that the two wound up walking away partially had to do with their Netflix deal, but another big factor that prompted the decision was toxic fandom. Yep. Mm-hmm. As Benioff and Weiss watched Star Wars fans bully actors and directors, a source for The Hollywood Reporter, says that they began to have doubts about whether they should even dip their toes in this as well. And it was evidence as uh, following the Game of Thrones backlash, the two of them even opted to skip out on this year's San Diego Comic-Con panel. That's one example. 
Here's another one. J.J. Abrams, director of the upcoming uh, Rise of Skywalker, said, I think, this is his quote, I think that the bigger question is, how has everything changed? The reaction to Star Wars, the increased attacks on it, the increased negativity, the fandom menace. I thought that's a funny name for it. As they call it. This is not unique to Star Wars, obviously, he said. He has added, it's something that the creative team teams should expect all across Hollywood in general. Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rose Tika, was driven off of social media by fans and numerous attacks and have been and have been directed at... Oh, and plus, additionally, numerous attacks have been directed at Ray, the character of Ray, for being a quote-unquote Mary Sue, which is a negative way of saying she's a female character in genre that can just do everything and she doesn't deserve it. Well, Mary Sue doesn't just apply to female characters. Basically. Oh, it it's, it's any character who just is suddenly good at everything yes. right. without having any training. Yeah. Right. Um, which I mean, is kind of what's happened with Well, Ray. there's there's kind of, you know what, there might be a little bit of truth yeah. to that, but... That I mean, he, I still like her. I love I think, yeah. But I think that's a weakness, particularly with, this, with The Last Jedi, that she, like, got way stronger yeah. without earning it. And this is what he said. He goes, I always love Star Wars because mm-hmm. it's it's got such a huge heart. And he, he said, did I always believe in and agree with every single thing that happened in every movie, whether it was the pre- prequels or the original trilogy? No. But I do love Star Wars. And yes, so for me, I hope, and I'm sure naively, that we can return to a time where we give things a bit more latitude. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that time. I think all of us... Oh, there's Kelly Marie right there. By the way, Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie is an awesome person. I also had yeah. the privilege of interviewing her for a magazine article I did. She was so excited about playing Star Wars. That's why mm-hmm. it was so sad to see what happened to her. I was yeah. so yeah. extremely sad. And you know what? I like her. Like, And, I, and yeah. I like the way the character is introduced and everything. She's very endearing. Yeah. It's just like the way the story goes with the character. You're like, oh, they took it in that direction? They're, they could have done yeah. much better she, stuff with that. She, they could have used her as an actress yeah. much better. I think and that they is will. not her I fault. I think they're going to. The, the problem with mm-hmm. these movies right now is like they're trying to do service to the, the legacy characters and then yeah. introduce this whole big world of new characters. Even this new movie. They have a lot of new characters New robots, Dio, and I'm like, God, let's just do, let's just finish the stories of who we got. I think would be great. But anyways, this isn't for me. All right, guys, we are going to start talking about things that are happening this holiday season mm-hmm. that are reminding us of things from maybe our childhood or early on in our lives that brought us great joy. Things that are transcending. They're transcending toxic fandom. Cheeseman, I would like for you to start with the one that just blew us away on Thanksgiving, which Ryan is showing right now on the screen. Who, this guy? This guy here on my shirt? Yeah. (laughs) E.T., I was not expecting that. I had no idea that was even coming. I got a text from some Ohio friends who are on a different coast, so I woke up to this text that of this E.T. thing, and I saw a still from it, and I just thought, like, oh, it's going to... Am I supposed to be talking about the trailer? Keep talking, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, they, like used so many of the shots I didn't know it was going to like be this like basically they were showing this scene that we're showing right now of when they basically saw when Elliot saw E.T. in the cornfield they're kind of doing that at Christmas time wait, wait, with the real snowman quick, before you, but what is it, it what we're talking about we're, a big commercial came on yeah. Thanksgiving morning which was basically mm-hmm. a sequel yeah, to E.T. a sequel e. to E.T. that yeah. we always wanted that we thought Spielberg would do at some point yeah. for Xfinity so, yeah for Xfinity and what did you think <laughs> It was amazing. I mean, it was everything. Like, you'd want it to be that Hollywood probably want to do, because mm-hmm. then they'd be like, well, we got to make it sad here. we got to do this. we got to have kind of the family torn apart, and which, I mean, would be good storytelling. I would want that sequel, but, but it was kind of nice story? getting yeah. the kind of the sugar coating of E.T. came back, and he saw Elliot and his family and kind of did the same kind of things with them, mm-hmm. like 
the kids went out on the bicycles. He was out there with E.T. and they were eating Reese's Pieces again. It's like their old uncle back. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys all see They this? built a snowman. Well, this is it yeah, right I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching it. It was, right now. It was really cool because it was right around Christmas. E.T. shows up again and appears to this, these kids who are building a snowman. And it just so happens to be the children of. Elliot, yeah, yeah, and it was so great. It was so heartwarming to see Elliot run out of the house and eat. And he actually like played it with like full intent. It wasn't like corny or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the actors were all really committed <laughs> to it. And you, yeah, they should have uh, had a Drew Barrymore well, cameo. That would have been that would have been cool. I, maybe they'll make more though. But wh- and this would... was done by the Lost in Translation um, cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't think he directed. I think it was a cinematographer, but maybe director. But yeah, yeah. I was kind of looking it up because I was seeing if there's a behind the scenes to this because this really surprised me. And I'm like a giant ET fan. It's definitely one of mm-hmm. my top five movies. Yeah. And as a fan, I was definitely impressed. And even like special effects look pretty good. The voice was a little different, but I mean, they told a great story. Very heartwarming. And then even did the thing at the end where like Elliot sees them riding off. Only. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. No, Sees right? them riding off like on the bikes, and he knows where they're going, and he goes to where like the yep. spaceship, and then they do the the whole like I'll be right here kind of moment again yeah. where they're watching, and ET had this little ball of, and the other thing too that they revealed in this is ET had a family of his own, yep. and that's part mm-hmm. of the reason he was missing home, is because he had kind of like a wife and a kid or mm-hmm. or something like that. He's Luke, were you okay baby. with that? His comeback was in the form of an ad. Uh, oh yeah, because I mean <laughs> I don't know if they'll ever fully do the sequel and this could yeah. inspire a sequel but this was very heartwarming very tight it was probably the best commercial i've ever seen in my life yeah. as far as it just felt so cinematic and told like a story from the, like the beginning to the end it was just mm-hmm. amazing and on television they showed like a, a 30 second or one minute version the 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 full version is like two and a half minutes long so yeah they really spent some time it's on like this, a miniature so. movie and you gotta yeah. look closely because there's a lot of throwbacks to it like I'd even notice to the last time I watched it that there were like Reese's Pieces on these little cupcake yeah. things that they're eating so Aww. there's just mm-hmm. all these little like tiny things that feel similar to the yeah. movie and stuff they it really is, thought about this yeah, it is great like when you get around Christmas time commercials just somehow start making me cry I mean not uh-huh. quite I get close though I start to tear up and like I, I yeah. teared up in this one. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wasn't even the fan of ET growing up that some of my peers were, like Luke. But this was still getting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And part of that hits. at the score, the music yeah. was in there too. Mm-hmm. Like they got pretty much everything back they could. Mm-hmm. The John Williams score right at the moment when the bikes took off and went flying in front of the, yeah. the full moon. It's like, oh my gosh, you're getting all the feels. That was right what there. really got me. But, you know, yeah. but why was it? What is it about that? Why did this hit so much across the country? It was an instant smash. It's millions of people yeah. have downloaded and watched this video. What is it? Well, it's very easy to care about a non-human. Yeah. If you notice in a lot of <laughs> Martin McDonough Part movies, there's a lot of deaths of humans, but as soon as a dog gets hurt, it's true. that's yeah. when they, people go nuts. It's true. It's true. So yeah. for E.T., he is the protagonist. Yeah. He's not dissimilar from a dog in a movie mm-hmm. about a bunch of people dying, but as yeah. soon as the dog gets hurt. Or Baby <laughs> or baby Yoda. Or yeah, Baby Yoda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a character who's small, defenseless, and innocent that you just want to protect. Oh, yeah. yeah. And here, there's also that nostalgia factor, and I think Baby Yoda, we get some of that, too, because yeah. it's a harkens back to the original Star Wars trilogy that we all love so mm-hmm. much, and Yoda was always my favorite. So, um... And... 
part with you too. You were talking about writing songs about missing home and yeah. kind of having that same feeling that it's a diaspora. Somebody, yeah, when somebody's missing. Et's story like that. is of a expatriate and lost. Mm. Yeah, it is he's lost. Yeah. He's looking. He's trying to get home. He's, and in this one, he comes to visit somebody that he had visited as maybe in his childhood, mm-hmm. young Et. And then um, he goes back home again. It's all about going home. I love it. it. And and you know what? E.T. came out when there was no, what we know of today as toxic fandom. I'm sure there were haters in the days of E.T. People that said there was no internet. Those were the good days. Those were the great (laughs) days. Even though you guys are watching this on the internet right now, we're all about social media. But we're using it for good. Um, All right, so we're going to... And I'm sure it brought, like, Elliot's family closer, too, which... They didn't like fully show that, but can you? If that happened to that family, it probably brought them even closer together. That this is a Christmas memory that they'll never forget, and it mm-hmm. feels good. And I would, I'm it saying, feels better than a white Christmas. It yes. is amazing, and it is kicking off our discussion of things from our childhood, <laughs> fandoms that we are finally remembering during this childhood. Now we have, we, um, I'm going to go before we go. Brad actually created a little video for us that we're going to see in just a second. But before we do that. I want to go around the table here and, and see what you guys think. What are some of the fandoms that are coming back that mean so much to you? Well, I was just going to say, in general, you're seeing all a lot of merchandise that's just completely geared toward nostalgia. Yep. I mean, you go on Box Lunch, and it's the nostalgia factor of Hot Topic. Like, that's legit what Box Lunch is. You go in, and there's these shows from Nickelodeon shows that you used to watch a long time, and they're throwing, they're putting out T-shirts of it and other things to bring you back to your childhood. So I think just in general, everything, like, the even people who are doing marketing are, are playing on that and what they sell for merchandise. That is so, perfect. I mean, and before we like go my, to like you... My, Sweatshirt, you know? Yep. It's, it's a throwback. So, so, Katie, that is perfect for, hey, Ryan, if we can go ahead in the Nostalgia Saves Christmas video we have here with the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Brad went to Target last night. We can just go ahead and start and go through. Brad went to Target last night and took the pictures of everything on the Target oh, the shelf. Phone. The oh, little man. phone from Fisher Price. Shoots and ladders, something wow. from our childhoods, wow. is one of the then big things. no one things. knew how to play it, but it's, they still But it's called tried. Retro. <laughs> Look at this. Battleship. Battleship. I know how to play that one. The retro Battleship game. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Wait, they had Rock'em, rock'em yeah. Sock'em Robots at, at, at Target. Target? Yep. Wow. At Jusquets. These were all Just last Get. night. No These charging. That's 60 great. years. Yeah. <laughs> Light bright. Light bright. Bigger. Brighter. Screen. <laughs> troll. Oh, nope. <laughs> the mm-hmm. trolls. I'm not really. That's not my thing either. Nope. Those little troll things. Hey, I had some. My, that, little oh, my Little Pony. Wow. I think you had My Little Ponies. Spirograph trolls. I, I, got this. I love those. My things. sister had My Little Ponies. I love that so too. So technically, there Care were Bear. my house. Care Bears yes. were there. And these are all from like the 80s or earlier. Pound puppies. Oh, oh, I, had it have I had one just I like that. The, yes. the I have a cabbage patch kids on and a hand me down cabbage patch kids. Seriously, from Target, like last night. Last night. And, and there's the new Shira that Brad's not a big fan yeah. of. And then little Pac Man. Yeah, I noticed oh, the, I want to yeah. see Brad pa- playing little Pac Man. I know. And then the is Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I wow. love that one. The original Atari. So that's just a few of the photos that we mm-hmm. that he was able to track down last night. And he also had some other ones that he would send us, but we didn't have time to put them in. But just like you were saying. Yeah. Toys. The mm-hmm. toys. Have you guys watched the Netflix series Toys? Yeah, the toys that, yes, made, the toys us? that yes. made us. What do you yes. think of that? It's fantastic. I yeah. love it. You learn some really cool information, mm-hmm. but also it, you get to have that nostalgia factor of, oh yeah, I had those toys, and oh, there was so much more about them I didn't know. I I'm going to blow everyone's mind real quick. Uh-oh. Yeah, we had the executive producer of the Toys that made us I this morning that. in studio. Uh, no way! You can 
check out our interview on the Christmas 24-7 channel. We had It was yes. such a great interview. It's one of the best interviews probably ever gone in this building. He was an absolute delight. We talked all about Star Wars, <laughs> He-Man, all these yep. potential other series and spinoffs. Also, you got to check out the movies that made us, yeah. which just came out. Yeah, I, yeah, we I want to see that. Show the trailer to that. We might if we have time. But, like, yeah, the toys that made us is so amazing. And the story about He-Man is so gigantic that I never knew. And I was yeah. alive when all that stuff was happening. So, and I think the reason why you know nostalgia is becoming such a big thing is like we life gets so much more complicated as an adult. So if you have that moment to remember when things were different and mm-hmm. simpler and innocent and everything, of course we'd want to go back to that because mm-hmm. you may not have fully appreciated as much as a kid as you do as an adult. Yep. So, Derek. Yes. What what is it that's pulling at your heartstrings these days? Uh, well, let's see. From Danae, your childhood, Danae and I probably we need to share that. Um, yeah. We got to share this one, but. This this is not our opinion. This is a statement of fact that the best Christmas film is Ever the Muppet made. Christmas Carol. It is also the best Muppet adaptation. Christmas Carol. Muppet Great. Christmas yes. Carol. Valid. Oh, I love um, it. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is the best adaptation. Maybe the most faithful adaptation of a yep. Christmas, Christmas Carol, Carol that I've ever Indeed. seen. Um, We've watched go- it once already. We will watch it at least one more time. Yes, and we'll probably be singing the songs about a dozen times at Absolutely. least in between viewings with doing all the voices because that's yes, what we do. that's how you do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right now these ads for the, the portal. portal from Facebook. Is are, yeah, we ha- are Muppets. the Muppets talking to the each Muppets. other on their like, TVs? Nothing against yeah. Neil Patrick Harris, but none of the commercials before had ever made me want a portal until <laughs> like I'm watching the Muppets. What's a portal? portal? It's through Facebook. It's, it's it's a magic mirror where you talk to your family that lives on the other side of yeah. the country, and you talk to Miss Piggy while she's in. It's Paris. a device for Skype style communication, but you can actually get it, it uh, put it on your TV. And talk mm-hmm. to each other, and um, in the ads you have like all the Muppets talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And there's the, my favorite is probably where um, Beaker is talking to the Swedish chef yes. to get help with the, yes. the meal yeah. he's trying to cook. And the, between the two of them, yeah, it's a completely unintelligible conversation. Mm-hmm. But they're great. It's they're amazing. Great. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. But like, okay, but you mentioned Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes, but. There's a big thing that oh look at there, there's Fozzie Fozzie Bear. Yeah. In the portal. portal yeah oh that's the other one he calls his mom and he's trying out jokes on her and she actually laughs at his jokes unlike anyone else it's really cute <laughs> poor Fozzie yeah but why okay you mentioned um, Muppets Christmas Carol mm-hmm. in a big way that has been pushed back into public consciousness how was that. Disney Plus. Disney Plus, Plus. Disney Plus the yeah. biggest launch of, of the this holiday season. And they season. have the nostalgia factor because they, they do. I, I spent twenty minutes nostalgia. looking at stuff that I got to watch on that I can watch. Yeah. Like I was watching Timon and Pumbaa the show the other day, and that's so mm-hmm. Raven. And I will admit, Jonas, but all on Disney Plus. Plus, yes. some other things on Disney Plus. Um, Lizzie McGuire is back. It yes. wasn't my show. Uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Res- yeah, the rescue. Yeah. spins. The chipmunks, not the strippers. Gar- yeah. Gargoyles. Yeah, I got excited about so yeah. many things. On Gargoyles? There. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I wasn't the great that mouse detective. Like, yes. yes. Oh, man. We, okay. When we were at my wife's parents' house for the for Thanksgiving weekend, we told them that they needed to get it so they could watch The Mandalorian. And then they did. And then they spent the whole rest of the day watching classic Disney movie after One movie. Right after and, the yeah. other. And we, we went out for a while in the evening and came back and they were on like movie three or four since we'd left them. And yeah. So I'm wondering, like the, the launch of Disney Plus has really capitalized on nostalgia mm-hmm. yes. in such a giant way. And I, I think it is the that and E.T. Those mm-hmm. are the stories of this Christmas season right now is yeah. Disney Plus. I don't think you're going to get more oxygen sucked out of the room. I have Disney one Plus. more tidbit about this. Oh, go, go, go. My father-in-law... Um, finally, like, after they had been arguing about which movie to watch next and going between them, he put on Sleeping Beauty, and he said, I first saw this on my way over to the United States from the Philippines, 
when he was when he was fourteen coming across on a ship with his family, and that like that kind of tugged at my heartstrings because I was yeah. like, I yeah, it's a better story. Than I can't I quite relate to that, but that's and yeah. that's part of the fun the thing with nostalgia. It takes you back to these times and the, the things that were important in your life, and that's something we always want to do at Christmas time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a line in from Charles Dickens in A Christmas Carol where he says, "It is good to be a child sometimes, and never more so than at Christmas when its mighty founder was a child himself." And it's in this great moment when Bob Cratchit is just playing on the street in the ice with the kids, and that's kind of... It's the Penguin's Christmas skating party. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Again, a great, very faithful adaptation. Yeah, I feel like we need to stop talking about the Muppets or I'm going to cry. I know, here we go. It's just uh, getting all teary. That, and that's why like, you always <laughs> have this nostalgic advertising right here. now. It, it takes us back to, and it takes us back to the spirit of innocence and love and togetherness and mm-hmm. fond memories, and that's what we want to do with, uh, around the holidays. And yeah. that's, So it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, and I, I think with uh, Disney Plus now, with the acquisition of 20th Century Fox, like the stuff they're able to bring onto that mm-hmm. is a big, you know, with the X Men, the Spider Man, and some of the other like childhood nostalgic things. So, like, because we haven't quite seen from Disney all the stuff they're going to do with that yet, but this is a big first step to have all that, yep. all these old shows on a streaming thing, and just mm-hmm. gave us even more content and mm-hmm. stuff that's getting us excited about that acquisition now. You had you, you had another one though. I was going to, well, this isn't so much in the nostalgic advertising, but they're, of course, they're bringing back Picard. No, it's not nostalgic advertising. It's yeah. nostalgia from yeah. when we were younger that is like. It's coming back, yeah, yeah. Which was a huge thing. Like, that was the Star Trek I grew up with. Like, mm-hmm. he's my captain. Yeah. And now he's coming back, and it's it's premiering the day before my birthday. <laughs> that it doesn't yeah. get much better than that. Mm-hmm. Any more over here for you guys? Um, I mean, I just had one of the Samsung Galaxy commercial where it's Adopt the Chewy Dog. And the kid is like using yes. his Samsung to make all these pictures and promotions to send to his dad. Be like, we got to go adopt this dog using his Samsung Galaxy. But then he gets there and the dog's been adopted, so he adopts a cat that looks like Kylo Ren instead. <laughs> and like, that was a great commercial for all the things you can do with the mm-hmm. Samsung Galaxy. But all it made me want to do was go to the shelter and adopt an animal. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. Katie, do you have any others? I was just good. I, mine's pretty much all just like I said, merchandise. Like, no, that's you know. good stuff. Yeah. Do we have any more from the couch? Uh, Derek, you mentioned Dickens. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they can start merchandising Dickens. But remember, Christmas Carol was a short story, a mm-hmm. part of a collection. And the other ones were really, really dark. <laughs> <laughs> Dickens was a big fan of children mm-hmm. and a big fan of the poor. Yeah. yeah, It was his goal in all of his writing to highlight the impoverished people of southern yes. England. Yeah. And that was really important. Mm-hmm. And I'm sad, and I miss that tenant of Christmas. I really miss that tenant. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's religious. I don't think it's social. I think it's everybody's responsibility, no matter what creed, no matter what race, no oh, matter yeah. where you're from, mm-hmm. to embrace the poor at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And why they don't just keep making it some wonderful life toys? <laughs> because that's all about a working class family. I love mm-hmm. that movie it's so much. It's all about a working mm-hmm. class guy who's like, I'm at my wit's end. Yeah. It's goddamn Christmas. What do I do? I can never get enough. It's a wonderful life. I, I Jimmy Stewart's best performance. That's on one of those kind of sites that's doing all these nostalgic shirts. They did a, a Bailey Brothers shirt that the I Baileys. bought. The Baileys. Yeah. When have we, our generation or past, made a movie where at the end everyone's doing a fundraiser because a guy's broke? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not popular anymore. That's the whole point of Christmas. Haven't you seen Sister Act? <laughs> I love Sister Act. <laughs> hey, Luke, do you have any others? 
If not, we got a couple well, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go for it. That so, might make me think of So, Ryan, I have a certain video link on there of a movie I saw this week which just, mm. just blew me away. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood starring Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Guys, I was not really expecting this movie to move me the way it did, mm-hmm. but it did. And I've got to describe. There's one scene in the movie, and I don't care. I'm going to ruin it for you. Oh. I'm going to ruin it for you. There's a scene in the movie so wh- where there's a man. The movie, by the way, if Tom Hanks gets nominated, it's for supporting actor because it's not Mr. Rogers' movie. Mm. It is mm. another guy's movie who plays uh, a magazine. Esquire. Esquire writer who is trying to do an expose on Mr. Rogers and almost take him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Take him down a few pigs because he's kind of a misanthrope. He doesn't really love people, this writer. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to meet with Mr. Rogers a couple times and it changes him. And they're sitting in a restaurant. There's a scene they're sitting in a restaurant and Mr. Rogers and him are talking. And spoiler it's, alert. It's no, a spoiler alert. And the, Mr. Rogers hears the pain coming out of this man and Mr. Rogers starts asking him questions. Let me ask you a question in that weird, kind of creepy Mr. Rogers voice. And the guy talked really slow. Slow. And the guy goes, You don't want to know about me. I'm a broken person. And Mr. Rogers goes, Do me a favor. For me, before we start talking, let's take one moment of silence. And I want us both, let's think about every person in our lives who has loved us to get us to this point. And then the movie goes silent as they stare. And I think at, it was a full minute. It was a full minute. Hmm. And then oh, they. And then what? No, no. Silent. Here's what happens: no music, no sound. Everyone in the restaurant they're in just gets quiet and silent. And Tom Hanks, the camera comes around, and you see Tom Hanks is looking at this other character. And then, halfway through, Tom Hanks turns and looks at the camera, and he's looking at each one of us in that theater, mm. challenging us to do that. And that's when it got me. I was like, Mister Rogers is saving the world right now. It was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was. I hope he gets rewarded with some awards. If not, I hope he changes some lives. This is because Mister Rogers was. He was a Presbyterian minister, very faith filled man. Mm-hmm. And there were moments in this movie where the people that were trying to take him down, he wrote their names in a book, and every night before bed, he would pray for them. Wow! Mm-hmm. And it was so great. I loved it. I love this movie so much. We need more Mister Rogers. So Mister Rogers is something from my childhood, everyone's childhood. Yeah. That is back in a big way this Christmas. Guys, go see the movie. Go see the movie. I, I, I love it so much. Um, there's also another video we have on here, a piece of nostalgia that is coming back hopefully on December 20th of this year. It is the Ewoks. Did And you read the piece of news. What do you think about yeah. an older, wiser wicket coming back for the movie? I mean, it'd be a lot of fun. It might feel kind of forced if there's yeah. not a good reason for them to be forced, forced, uh, forced uh, with us. But, but we'll see. Forced you know. awakening? No. <laughs> No, I, I get it. Like, but I think it's kind of cool. We don't know for sure that he's back, but the Star Wars company, the Star Wars company, Lucasfilm, they released a video like all the nostalgic, like they're playing up nostalgia in such a big way to promote this film. And one of the video compilations, you see an older um, Warwick Davis in an outfit as an older Wicket, and so they didn't announce it that he's there, but. I think we well, can. I will be so happy if that happens. I don't. I'm smiling like super. Like for the people who are listening, I'm smiling huge right now because I love Ewoks. Oh yeah, my favorite. <laughs> and I've been like patiently hoping that they might show up in Mandalorian. But if I don't get them in Mandalorian, hopefully I get them in this. So I'm just like <laughs> hoping I get to see some Ewoks this month. Well, and real quick, we would be remiss if we didn't mention um, a certain show this week. And Scott Reynolds, who was on our show, just um, let me see. Right before Halloween had this, he just tweeted this out. Hey, this Watchmen is so freaking great. That is all. 
Ryan, you guys have a Watchmen show. Oh, yes, we do. Every Sunday night, 6 p.m. PST. Yeah. Sorry, 7 p.m. PST. We watched it at 6. I yeah. mixed it up. Well, you yeah. talked about nostalgia uh, this week, right? Yes, there was a element of nostalgia present in this episode, but it wasn't the type of nostalgia we're talking about. Right. This was pills. Yeah. Pills that you take and make you remember <laughs> oh. uh, someone's memories in this mm. world of Watchmen. Mm. And uh, one Regina King takes all of them at once before she gets arrested and is reliving. There's an episode where she's just reliving another person's memories, which has been outlawed in this country. Like, like apparently, it, it's, uh, it can do harm to your, your brain. But um, it's really incredible filmmaking and just an absolutely amazing episode uh all about nostalgia and memories and yeah it's, it's quite fitting definitely check it out Watchmen hbo i think it's the best show on tv and our after show is pretty dope too all right and i do know that damon lindelof he was writing in his journal and this is in a vanity fair article this week and three words that he wrote were um nostalgia is toxic which is a very different way of thinking about nostalgia. It's, can it's, it, it can be toxic. I think can be would be a good would be a good thing to add to that. I don't yes. think it's necessarily toxic, but it can be. Well, that is one of the complaints people have had about the new Star Wars trilogy is that they're relying sometimes that they could be relying too much too on nostalgia. Much on nostalgia. Yep. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. The Force Awakens. It was basically just a retelling of A New Hope. It was. Yep. Um, which I did enjoy the how they kind of were able to pay homage to that and then go and have that this separate story too mm-hmm. but i can see that complaint and I, I that might be some of what he was getting at mm-hmm. well and also he was getting mm-hmm. a little bit if you watch mm-hmm. the watchman series it's it has some dark spots mm-hmm. but also i think how people have a tendency to whitewash history in such a way where True. we only remember we remember it the way we want to remember mm-hmm. it and, and without getting political and because i don't want to get political political here on the show i mean patty we had political discussions last night and they were great but <laughs> we don't do that in public right. but like like one of the things that somebody wrote about that episode was um, nostalgia is great as long as you are a straight white Christian man. Oof. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I, that's too provocative for the show. But some of the it ra- this the Watchmen does raise some issues that's very provocative and, and it's it, it's it's worth the watch. It's worth the watching the Watchmen. <laughs> Who's watching it's the Watchmen? The watch. mm-hmm. Who's watching the Watchmen? Half of America is watching the Watchmen. That's kind of like what Patrick mentioned with his song earlier. That um, it's it's very easy as a defense mechanism to just remember the good things. Yep. Um, but sometimes we have to remember, you know, there was Jar Jar Binks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was very nice in real life. I saw him oh, recently yeah. at a robot like, chicken thing. When they brought him back. The for actor that seems stuff. like a cool guy. Yeah. Ryan, were you going to say something? <laughs> no, no sir, me just, sir. Uh, just, I was preemptively uh, getting ready to... <laughs> we're good. We're good. Okay, okay, yeah, no, no, we're it was good. funny. I, I just love yes. Ryan just sitting there kind of like, <laughs> observing. He's the watchman yeah. right now. No, but like, it is yeah. true. Like we all, But you know what? How great... I mean, is it such a bad thing sometimes that we remember the good? No. Like sometimes no. is it... Because there's enough bad. There's enough mm-hmm. bad. And I would encourage everybody to maybe do like Mr. Rogers said. Mm-hmm. Turn the phone off for one minute. One minute of silence and just remember the good things in life and what got you where you're at. Who loved you in your life? Do it, do it. Cheeseman can do it. So, anyways, um, there's so. By the way, the movie that gave us Jar Jar Brinks also was the big break for Natalie Portman. Yeah. So, you know. Good and, and bad. It came oh, out and Kira Knightley. Come on, Mars mm-hmm. Attacks. Jim, memory is the universe's best tailor. Mm. We're wearing them oh. all the time. You want to wear the best outfit you've got. Fantastic. Wow. And there's a reason that's, why we were given deep. eyes in front of us. 
But we have all got scrapbooks. We should sanctify our scrapbooks. Am I right? Is the uh-huh. album called he's, Scrapbooks? He's our poet, people. Okay, by the way, Patrick. He's a lyricist. He is a lyricist. He's mm-hmm. a poet, and he, he speaks straight from the heart. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight, Patrick. Thank you, everybody, for being yeah, on this nostalgic theme, nostalgia theme show tonight. Um, I can't wait for Christmas. I can't wait for this season. And we're just kind of like celebrating all the good stuff. And this is a, this year in particular, it seems like a lot of the good stuff has been dusted off and it's out there for us to enjoy. Let's not ruin it on social media. Don't hate it. Guys, Star Wars, go see it. I don't care if you didn't like the last movie. Me and Derek didn't like that last movie so much, but we're going to go see this Star Wars because we're big Star Wars fans. See Picard. See The Muppets mm-hmm. Christmas Carol. By the way, Mandalorian, can I just say it's one, of, it's one of the biggest shows ever to stream, and it completely, like you were saying, plays into nostalgia, nostalgia yes. mm-hmm. for The Mandalorians, for Baby Yoda, and what else? Anyways, anyone else have anything before we close out tonight? I'll throw out my nostalgia. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to say, I so I rewatched this movie on my flight home yesterday. Uh, Toy Story 4, I thought, yeah. did an incredible job of both relying on nostalgia for immediate connection to characters but also telling this new story. And again, this is one that I think a lot of people were a little nervous about. Like, oh my God, the first three are so good. How can this even compare? And that movie absolutely wrecks me. I was weeping on the flight. It's so (laughs) incredible. And it's also about kind of letting go of things in the past in a nostalgic Mm -hmm. type way. Really powerful movie. And I thought that that just, it's a great example of, of just a, a franchise and also a fourth film where yeah, you, you respect the past, you cherish those memories, but you're also moving on. And mm-hmm. I thought that was so powerful. So Toy Story 4 is what I was going to say. Did Toy you make a, a forky from your spoon on the plane? <laughs> from my spork? I did from not. Spork? Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the plane did have a lot of turbulence, and the person next to me started crying, and that okay. was fun. Oh, that's <laughs> but, great. Uh, I was crying earlier because of the movie. Yeah. And, as, and as we wrap up, um, some other things that have been out either this year or last year, like last year, Ready Player One, all mm-hmm. about nostalgia. Right now, Dark the Dark Crystal prequel on yes. Netflix. Picard is coming up. Stranger Things, even mm-hmm. though it's uh, not something from our past, it's all about the 80s and malls. Malls. Mm-hmm. It makes you miss the malls. Joker, the most uh, successful mm-hmm. R-rated film of all time, I would argue has a lot to do with our nostalgia for this Joker character and Batman character. Terminator, Dark Fate, it died real quick. But still, it, it exists because of our nostalgia. Killed, spoiler, John Jum- Connor. Jamat... Jumanji, well, in the first 30 seconds. Jumanji, the next level. Jumanji was something for when I was younger. But anyways, we do have to wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much for being on the show with us tonight. Where can we find everybody? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at KT underscore Christine. And tweet us your favorite nostalgia moment. Yes. 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 You want to know about it. So, And that's at, on the Con Guy Twitter. I'm also on that. Sorry. Yep. Yes, at, at theconguy.com. You can find me on Twitter at Con Guy Derek. I'd love to hear some of this, too. Um, and we'll talk about what we expect of Picard. <laughs> cool. You can find me on Instagram at D-N-A-Y-S. You can it. find me on the streets of Los Angeles or in the mountains of San Bernardino. <laughs> Stay off the internet, folks. It's bad for your health. <laughs> Come on here on Instagram <laughs> at Patrick, Patrick J. J. Rieger, R-I-E-G-E-R. We force him to get this And Instagram. Twitter. Yes. He steals babies during Christmas. And whiskey <laughs> underscore Sunday. <laughs> 
And I'm Cheeseman on the Couch. You can find me on Twitter at CheeseOnCouch and on TheComGuy.com and also the Scare Guy show and webs the scareguy.com which is our other website check that out because christmas can get scary too speaking of which next week we have a very special episode of the scare guy the scariest movies to watch during the christmas season check us out next week we'll see you then guys merry christmas you filthy animals maria menounos kevin undergaro and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.